0: Good morning, everyone. This is Jill. Jill Wigmore Welsh here from Reading in Berkshire. So I'm going out live today, doing a live stream from Reading, just coming on for a short period of time to introduce this new podcast that I've put up to go alongside my existing recordings that I put out uh, on probably a pretty erratic basis and the reason that I have set this podcast up is because I want to be able to give you tools so that you actually understand how you can use the Feldenkrais method as your first stepping stone on a journey of self-discovery and personal development. When I first came across this work and I listened to lessons, I have to admit that I thought that the lessons were quite strange. I didn't really understand what they would be useful for. And so as a result of that, I suppose I dismissed them to an extent. And what I want to do is to be able to help you to understand a little bit more about why it might be that you could actually use some of this in your own Uh, Self discovery journey. So, if you're interested in reading up a bit more about Feldenkrais' work, I'm going to give a suggestion, and that is that you could look at the book that was published by uh, Norman Deutsch. He's a Sunday Times bestseller, and he wrote the book The Brain's Way of Healing. Now, let me just look at the front of the book here to make sure I give you the right date. Uh, this book was published, hold on, I can't find the dates here. It was actually published in 2015. So it's not that long ago, um, but he's actually got, he dedicates about 65 pages of his book. Um, so the book itself, there's um, there's, there's a lot of wrote notes and references and appendixes and bits and pieces. Um, but the book itself is about about just over, I don't know, 350 pages long, and of which he dedicates about 65 pages to talking about the Feldenkrais work, which is quite a high percentage of the book. And I would encourage you to read that with interest. If you've not come across the Feldenkrais work before, or if you've come across some of my recordings and you're wanting to know a little bit more, then maybe go and read that section of that book. And it'll give you quite a lot of information about his history. I have done a podcast before when I've explained about Feldenkrais's background. But interestingly, Feldenkrais was actually born in a part of uh, Russia, which is now Ukraine. However, of course, that would actually probably need to be double checked because we don't know that might've changed again in recent times. So let's talk about one application one application, which if you're interested in doing, if you like a stepping stone for personal development work, one very helpful way that you could frame this kind of work. If you're talking to friends and family about what you're doing and they say, well, what is this? And you say, well, I'm doing Feldenkrais. And they say, well, what is Feldenkrais? You could explain it. Um, and use some of the descriptions that uh, Norman Doidge uses in his book, which um, really help you to be able to explain it to a lay person. So when we do this movement work, you are using, obviously you're using your whole body, you're using your senses, you're developing your senses. But as much as anything, the first foundation thing that you're starting to do is develop what we call kinesthetic awareness. In other words, it's, it's a sensation. So, kinesthetic awareness is a sensation that informs a person where their body and limbs, et cetera, are in space and what it feels like to move. Now, uh, Feldenkrais um, had learned, he, he was a judoki, he studied judo and he was very interested in neuroscience. He did a lot of, um, he based a lot of his work around the neuroscience that was published early neuroscience, which actually now has been confirmed by a lot of the research that we do now. He based a lot of his work around his neuroscience reading um, and also that um, humans when they're born actually obviously have a long time, a long period of time of all of the animals in the human kingdom. We have the the longest period of time uh, that we take before we are actually mature. So if you think about the ability to climb and run and jump, etc, you know to be able to do those things at a high level of skill, um, it might be that some a child is four years old, so it's taken several years to get the, to get to that level of capability and competency. So Feldenkrais based a lot of his work on, on, on grounded grounded science grounded experiences this was not something that he just dreamed up he had his own injury um, which was a knee injury and he realized that something about what he was doing was causing the problem to be exacerbated he spent a lot of time in self-reflection realizing that some of the uh, physical manifestations of what was going on were a reflection of how he was feeling in himself But let's just stick with this idea of kinesthetic awareness. So let's stick with this first principle. So kinesthetic awareness means that, you know, if you close your eyes, um, you ask yourself, can I feel the inside of my right knee? If I make a little movement of my leg, can I actually feel what's happening inside that joint? What, What is it, what are the messages that I'm getting in what are the sensations that I'm having? Now, when we go through a lesson, there sometimes you might follow the trajectory of the lesson. So if you listen to some of my recordings, you might follow the trajectory of the lesson. But what you may find is that you just think about doing it as a movement. What I'm urging you to consider is if what you're wanting to do is integrate this into part of your self-development that you begin to start to think of this as a way that you could actually increase your ability to be more self-aware. Now, this would mean that, for example, self-compassion, in other words, being kind to yourself uh, and loving yourself, which is, which is not the same at all um, as being self-centered or selfish or... Um, thinking the world revolves around you Um, it's actually about being aware that you know you've got to treat yourself the way you treat a friend so somebody who you really love and oftentimes what we do is we don't treat ourselves the way that we would treat a friend who we really love what we end up doing is treating ourselves very badly now as a human as an individual I have a particular interest in Buddhism but one of the things that we know in Buddhism we talk about and it's indeed in all religions is around suffering so when we have self- compassion it's a it's a practice in which we learn to be a good friend to ourselves when we need it most um to become an internal ally rather than an internal enemy um but typically we we don't do this. If you think about what you say to yourself inside your head on a day to day, there's a probability that you'll tell yourself off. Oh, I don't think I did very well at that. Oh, I wonder if that person likes me. Could I have done that better? Uh, I wonder what that person is going to think about me. So we can spend a lot of time actually speaking to ourselves in quite a, a derogatory tone. Um, so it's 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 very very much about treating yourself the way you treat a good friend. Um, actually making sure that you pay attention to three really core elements, one of which is grounded Feldenkrais work. So self-kindness. In other words, when Feldenkrais set up his work, he was very much um, supporting people to think about play. So children play and they learn to move through play and exploration. So when you're in a playful, exploring, curious frame of mind, you're not going to worry if you make a mistake or fail. So nobody ever set up, for example, a really good business without having another go at something else and failing and then having another go and failing and then eventually learning from mistakes and discovering what it was that they'd done and then actually going off and finding that they could set up a successful business. So when you make a mistake or fail, you, you may find you're quite likely to beat yourself up. Um, Instead of putting a supportive arm around yourself and comforting yourself and saying, hey, that's okay. You had a go, that's fantastic. Just don't worry, have another go, have another go. Think about what went wrong and just think about those those mistakes you made. And next time you do it, think if there's another way you can do it. So rather than being harshly critical when noticing personal shortcomings, um you're being supportive and encouraging and aiming to protect yourself from harm so you're actually self-caring and that's it's kind so caring for yourself having boundaries is self-kindness making sure that you are working within a certain framework um another another aspect of um self-compassion is actually to do with just recognizing there's a common humanity And a sense of interconnectedness is central to self-compassion. So connecting with other people. So one of the ways we work with the Feldenkrais is we do group work. So when you're in with a group of other people and you're actually doing what it is that we do in a class, you're connecting to other people. You have the opportunity in a non-judgmental way, in a play way, to see how different people do different things. And again, this can be really, really helpful if what you do is you... Become more aware of what it is you're doing without judging it. Then actually, you can compare what you do to other people without judging whether they're better or you're worse or they're worse and you're better, etc. So self-compassion honors the fact, the unavoidable fact that life does entail suffering. Okay, does entail suffering, but you don't have to create more suffering. So you don't have to actually set out to create suffering so once you begin to start to be aware of your own habits and patterns if you find you're telling yourself off and that actually you're not being very kind to yourself and you're causing yourself suffering then that might be something that you wanted to address so what might seem very obvious is very easy to forget and again this comes down into the Feldenkrais work sometimes we you can use this word elusive obvious Ruthie Allen's book, Mindful Spontaneity, being spontaneous but mindfully, being aware of what it is that you tend to do on a day-to-day, and actually recognizing that, you know, everyone has suffering, and um, there's no right way to do things. Nothing is meant to go well. You have to actually just work at it. So... There's just, just a very brief overview of those two elements of self-kindness and common humanity, which are two things that come into the Feldenkrais work, especially when you're doing group work, but even when you're working on your own. You can actually apply those things. two things. How kind are you being to yourself when you're on the mat? Now, the last thing, obviously, in self-compassion um, is mindfulness. Um, and mindfulness involves the moment-to-moment experience, Um, being aware of moment-to-moment experience in a clear and balanced manner so what we're wanting to do with mindfulness is to assist for you to assist yourself to be present to be aware of what is really going on so I'm sitting here right now I'm doing this recording there's nobody listening to it at the moment but then this is the first time I've put something out and it may well be that it takes a few times for me to regularly put something out on a Thursday or something similar for people to be beginning to start to notice that I'm actually even putting this show out. So mindfulness is, is, as I say, it's being open to the reality of the present moment, allowing all thoughts, emotions, and sensations to enter awareness without resistance or avoidance. Now, when you're lying on the floor, and you're practicing one of these Feldenkrais lessons, you're actually doing the lesson at that moment. You are able to take your time, slow down, and really go slow, which is something that I tell people to do in lessons. Slow down, go slow. When you begin to start to go slow, you're actually able to draw your attention to all of the sensations going on in your body. So you're able to draw attention to the sensations of tensioning, for example, the sensation of contact with the floor. You're actually able to bring your awareness to the sensations of warmth or, or uh, bloating or anything that's happening in your body. Um, and by bringing your attention in a kind way to these sensations, and, and while you're actually feeling them, while they're actually happening, this is real in the present moment. Those sensations, And also your thoughts, your thoughts in the present moment while you are doing a lesson, what are you thinking about? Are you thinking, oh, I don't know how to do this. This is a struggle or I can't do this, or I don't like this lesson or what is actually going on when you're thinking and how are you feeling in yourself? How do you feel in yourself when you're doing the movement work? Do you find um, it infuriating when you can't do something? Do you find that the pace of the lesson doesn't suit you because you'd like to go quicker or slower there are all sorts of things that you can do in a lesson which can help you just to develop this sensation of being present in the moment developing your kinesthetic awareness and that will in turn have an impact on your mindfulness so i've been on air now for about 16 minutes i'm not going to spend much time much more time off on here um, I hope you have um, enjoyed this if I can record it I will put it up as a podcast but I know that sometimes I can't if these things go out live they go out live and that's it it's a live show that's it done so I look forward to talking to you again in the future but as I say for today I'm drawing this to a close if you want to get in touch with me you can always do through it. so through my website which is hyphen Welsh dot com and that's a hyphen in between the two words wigmore w i g m o r e wigmore and then a hyphen Welsh W E L S H like somebody who lives in Wales is Welsh, so it's Wigmore Welsh.com. So Jill Wigmore Welsh dot com. Go onto there, you'll find there's a Um, contact form but also I think you can contact me through the podcast here most of the podcasts I put up so I look forward to talking to you again maybe next week I'll try and see if I can come in again on a Thursday and it's been great to get in and let's talk next week again about how Feldenkrais can be your best first step that you can take on your journey of personal development take care and have a lovely lovely day this is Jill from Reading in Berkshire for uh, signing off bye-bye